In today's episode, we spend more time with the word glory. In our churches, we love to use big words. We obfuscate our pedagogy through superfluous grandiloquence, manifesting hubris instead of demureness. See what I mean? Inconceivable. While I might have a speech impediment, I certainly do not want to have a preach impediment. These get in the way of God's message reaching our hearts and minds. Let's dig through those big words and learn something incredible. Thank you for joining us again on Preach Impediments. This podcast is made possible by EdenHollow.com. And of course, we would love for you to go over there and check out the things happening with Eden Hollow. Hi, and thank you for joining us on Preach Impediments again. This is our follow-up Monopisode on glory. I hope you had a chance to listen to the episode with Alexander Newman earlier in the week, but we are going to spend just a few more minutes in it. And some of the passages we'll look at today are passages we looked at the other day, but I wanted to spend a few more moments looking at some of these passages, and we're going to start over in Exodus 33. Here we have this great story where Moses is up on the mount. He has been in the process of receiving the old law, what we call the old law. It was new to him. And receiving the stone tablets and all of the work that he did up on the mountain of God. And it says there in Exodus chapter 33, starting in verse 18, Then Moses said, Please let me see your glory. God said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he added, You cannot see my face, for humans cannot see me and live. The Lord said, Here is a place near me. You are to stand on the rock, And when my glory passes by, I will put you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take my hand away and you will see my back, but my face will not be seen. This is a beautiful story about God and God's character. I think sometimes we get excited just about the idea of seeing God or having some experience with the form of God. But here, really, what you have is God showing compassion and grace toward Moses. Moses so desperately wants to draw even closer to God and have an even deeper relationship and experience with his God. And God says, you know what? I will be gracious and I will be compassionate. And because of my grace and compassion, I cannot let you see me because it would kill you. And so God comes up with a plan where Moses can have both the protection that he needs to continue living, but also to have the experience of of seeing God in a way that none other were able to see God. It's a beautiful story. I love in this passage what Moses asked to see is God's glory. He wants to see, as Alexander said the other day, the weight of God or the immensity of God or the splendor of God. And God equates that to his goodness. 
I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. You know, he says, you will see my back, but my face will not be seen. The truth is, none of us can ever truly see the glory of God in its fullest form. Just like we can't see God in physical form in this sense. We, we can only have an experience. We cannot necessarily see God as he is because we are not as he is. As it mentions over in 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. And so, glory is equated to goodness. And we learn here, very simply, that God's goodness cannot be bottled up in a way in which we, with our simple minds and simple eyes, are able to truly experience his goodness. It helps us to realize the immensity and the splendor and majesty of our God. Even when we do have some experience with who God is, it is only going to be a partial experience until we are like he is. It is such an amazing picture for us to appreciate just how big our God is. You know, we teach our children songs like, My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. The mountains are his, the valleys are his, the trees are his handiwork too. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. Well, our God is so big, there is no way that our simple minds can conceive, understand, or truly grasp how amazing and awesome he is. And you see that here in Exodus chapter 33. Well, there is a passage that's related to this that we are very familiar with over in John chapter 1. Let's read John 1, 14 through 18. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him and exclaimed, This was the one of whom I said, the one coming after me ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. Indeed, we have all received grace upon grace from his fullness, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the one and only Son who is himself God and is at the Father's side. He has revealed him. In this passage, you can see a lot of parallels between what John is saying here, introducing his book, his gospel, and what we read back in Exodus. Notice you've got the reference to Moses, the law being given to Moses. That's clearly the context of the passage in Exodus. And you've got the statement here about seeing God, which deals with the context of Exodus. But it's interesting to me that, that John takes this idea and relates it to the coming of Jesus, that through Jesus, we do see God. Moses was not allowed to see God because that's impossible. You cannot see the fullness of God's glory. But because we have seen Jesus, we have seen God's glory. It says there, verse 14, we observed his glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So now, just like you had God equate the idea of goodness with glory, 
Now you have John equate the ideas of grace and truth to glory. And it says that the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus because that is God's glory. God's glory is goodness and grace and truth. And because we have seen Jesus and we've seen his perfection, his sinlessness, we saw true righteousness through Jesus. We, Jesus is the display of all goodness and grace and truth. Therefore, through Jesus, we have seen God's glory. So even though we've not seen God face to face, we do get to see God through Jesus. Because we now get to see what God is all about. Another passage for us to consider is later, John's first letter, he says in chapter 4, verse 11, Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we also must love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God remains in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we remain in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and we testify that the Father has sent his Son as the world's Savior. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. And we have come to know and to believe that the love that God has for us. So now again, while we have still an incomplete picture of the glory and splendor of God, we do see his goodness, we see his glory, we see the truth, we see Jesus. Here, we've got more of a glimpse of who God is, even though we've not seen him. For instance, here in this passage, we see God in ourselves because God remains in us and his love is made complete in us. And so seeing God dwelling in us, seeing this this connection that we have with God, seeing the love that we understand and that we trust in because of what God has done, that helps us again to see more of the glory of God, the weight and immensity of God. We see God because we see him in our brethren. And when we see God's people acting like God's people, We get a glimpse of just how great and awesome and majestic our God is. The difference that he can make in each one of us. We see God because we see him in Jesus. That was made clear back in John chapter 1. It's made clear again here. He sent his son as the world's savior. And when we see that, and even when we go out and testify about that, We are testifying about the immensity, the weight of who God is. And that is just one of the great ways of displaying the glory of God. Here, we see God because he has given us of his spirit. And so that concept of having the spirit, having salvation, having the mark that his spirit puts on us that identifies us as his children That whole idea allows us to understand just how great and awesome our God is. It gives us a better understanding of his glory. We see God's glory when we recognize his love for us. And all of these glimpses of God and of his glory should fundamentally change us. They cause us to live in a different way than we've ever lived before. 
They cause us to have a better understanding of not only who God is, but who we should be because of who God is. There's this great story in Exodus chapter 34, verse 29 through 35, where it talks about Moses coming down from the mountain and Moses is physically changed because of his experience with God. His skin has changed because of his experience and exposure to God. What was normal skin when he walked up on the mountain is now glowing skin. And I don't mean that like you might tell a a beautiful lady that she is glowing. I mean his skin was physically, literally glowing. And the people were frightened of him because of it. So they asked him to wear a veil and he would placed a veil over his face so that people wouldn't be scared of this physical change that took place on him because of his exposure and relationship with God. Well, we have an exposure and a relationship with God. And while it might not cause our skin to glow, it should cause us to be changed dramatically. When we recognize the glory of God, the weight of God, the all-consuming nature of God, it should cause us to live differently than we've ever lived before. And I think it's important that we recognize that. Look at who we are. Compare ourselves to who we used to be. Have I changed from the person who sought after things only for myself, or am I still that person? Have I changed from being the kind of person who who seeks after sin or pleasure or the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh? If not, then maybe I haven't had quite the experience with God that God has intended for me to have. If I have not changed, then I have not truly known God. One more passage for us to consider today. Is 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 15 and 16. God will bring this about in his own time. He is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who is alone and mortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal power. Amen. And so here you've got this great statement of of just how great and awesome our God is. He's immortal. He lives in an unapproachable light, meaning, again, the same idea we've been talking about. He has not been seen. And then because he is so great, because he has so much glory, we should give him honor and we should give recognize his eternal power. Seeing God is an amazing thing. And what I love about the description that Paul gives here is that when he says that he is immortal, what we know from other passages of scripture like 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is that we will also be immortal. It says here that he lives in unapproachable light, so will we. John 14 talks about us dwelling with God. 1 John chapter 3 verse 2 talks about how we will be like him We will be able to see him because we will be like him. When we recognize how great and awesome and powerful and majestic and splendorous and honorable our God is, then we should be changed and we should be those who praise him because of his awesomeness. 
So what a great thing it is to understand the glory of God. May we, like Paul and John and the other writers of the New Testament, really give him the praise he is due. Thank you so much for joining us on Preach Impediments today. And I hope that this podcast has been helpful to you and causing you to draw closer to God, causing you to have a greater appreciation for just how wonderful and awesome he is. And I hope it has also helped you have a greater and deeper relationship with God's word. In God's word, we find all of the answers of life, but sometimes we just need to make sure we understand the words a little better than we have. And I hope this podcast has been helpful to you in that regard. If it has, share it with others. Make sure that you're leaving comments for us so that we can know how we can better serve you. Until next time, 